Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Ready to Mosh. I'm Kev P and with me is the back to my Aussie, it's Gem G. You're going to bite my head off? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> Depends. If you don't behave. Charming. <laughs> right, news time then. What have you got? I've got some news about a couple of big tours coming up for next year. A little bit of old news this one, but we did record, I think it was the last episode, the news was a bit early and this time it's a bit late, so yeah. we're kind of bit of a news lag a time lag on the a little news. bit of a catch yeah anyway judas priest have announced a uk arena tour for next year in march with some other people <laughs> so just some other people some other people those other people are saxon and uriah heap and they're going to be starting on the 11th of march in glasgow going to leeds dublin bournemouth birmingham and london on the 21st of march Mm. Tickets are on sale that one now. And I think I read somewhere that that one's an all-seated affair. Or at least some venues might be all-seated. Well, one of the, it's one of the venues, Wembley. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that's not going to be seated. I'm not sure. Yeah. I've not really looked into it because we've not really thought about going, but I'm sure I read some comments that said they were. Anyway. And then the other one is Enter Shikari have announced an arena tour for February next year. Mm-hmm. to tour their latest album, A Kiss for the Whole World. Mm-hmm. So obviously we know that they did a few small dates, kind of three times in each location. Yeah, it's Wolverhampton. Yeah, pre-album kind of to start off the touring yeah. of that album. So yeah, then they're going in for the big ones next year. So they're starting on the 9th of February in Leeds, going to Nottingham on the 10th of February, which we will be attending. We will. We already have our tickets for that one. And then they're actually doing an academy in Edinburgh, the O2 Academy, Victoria Warehouse in Manchester. They've got two nights, Cardiff Arena, and then finishing off at Wembley Arena on the 17th of February. And that one's already 50% sold out. It's good to see that they're, um, they've managed to make the step up to arenas now. I'm sure they've done arenas before. Have they? I feel like they have done a few years ago. It's just every time we've seen them, it's always been at Rock City. Yeah. Low, kind of local tours. We've yeah. never seen them anywhere other than festivals no. where they've been big I'm sure venues. they have done, though. I feel like they did do some arenas for the Minesweep album, but I might be making that up. Okay. And then their support for the tour is Fever333. 222, however many members may be in the band at the point that they're touring. And Noah, I'm not quite sure if I'm saying his name right, Noah Fince? Is it Fince? Finch? I'm not sure. No. That's my first bit of news. Well, as you did a gig we're going to, I'll do one we're not going to, because the ticket's sold out, and that's for Def Leppard at the Lead Mill in Sheffield. Yes, not unexpected. Not unexpected. It's, good. it's an 850 capacity venue, Yeah, and they haven't played anywhere that tiny for about, I don't know, 40 years probably. And the rest. Yeah, so we tried to get tickets for that, but they sold out in like 10 seconds. So, I mean, it's all it's all for a good cause, I suppose. It's all helping the, uh, the lead mill stay open, isn't it? Yeah, the Music Venue Trust as a whole bought in them. Yeah. Yeah, page was open, ready to try and get tickets. I think they are about £65, wasn't they? Yeah. Which I think is quite a lot for a small venue, but at the same time, whenever you're going to see When are you going to see Def Leppard play 850? Yeah, it's still cheaper than their stadium tour. Yeah. Right, my next thing is that Sum 41 have announced that they're going to split up. Oh no, whatever will we do? Well, someone's not a Sum 41 fan. <laughs> um, yeah, they announced, I think it was earlier this week, that they're going to be splitting up after 27 years together. They're going to continue to release their final album, Heaven X Hell, Heaven Stroke Hell, uh, which is a double album, and they're going to do a worldwide 
headline tour to celebrate that and say goodbye to people and then they're calling it a day so expect them coming back in them i don't know how long shall we give them for a comeback tour five years five ten? years yeah 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 sad for all the some 41 fans who are out there we're not in that <laughs> we're not in category. that category no. no yeah i mean i saw them back in the day but i don't think i've seen them since no I mean, I don't know how long this worldwide tour is going to be, so you never know. They might still end up at download next year. Oh, God, perhaps. yeah, potentially. Or if they might just do UK tour, I guess. Yeah. Distillers have finally been announced that they've pulled out of download. We've kind of been expecting it for some time, really, haven't we? Yeah, they pulled out of Hellfest. Yeah, that got announced just before, but I'm sure did it's they about get a week before. Did they get taken off the poster or they weren't on the list on the website? They weren't on the A to Z. They were still on the poster after the last announcement, but they weren't appearing on the A to Z, and that kind of led to speculation. Yeah. Obviously, it, with them pulling out the year before. It, and the year before, I think. Yeah. It was weird because you, we kind of felt like they were going to, but then when they did the last announcement and it wasn't mentioned, you thought, oh, maybe they're still going maybe ahead still, then. But yeah. then the Hellfest cancellation was announced. Yeah, as soon as they pulled out of that, you, you kind of knew it was... Uh, yeah, and it's due to personal reasons around Brodie, I believe. She put a statement out herself. Yeah, but they've been replaced by a bad religion. That's a fairly... It's a decent swap. swap. I mean, I'm not overly fussed about seeing them myself. I'd rather watch Distillers again. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the swap. I've seen a lot of people complaining about it, yeah. but it's kind of like four weeks before a festival. So what do you, mm. Who do you expect them to get in? And it's a similar kind of vein, punk-wise, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I saw Bad Religion at Download, I can't remember what year it was, they were in the Avalanche tent and they were really good there, so yeah. might watch them, we'll see. Right, last thing I've got is that there's, well, I guess this is an announcement about an announcement, because we all love one of those, but there's been an inkling that Foo Fighters are imminently announcing some UK tour dates. We know that they've been announcing kind of sporadic other tour dates and festival appearances for the last few weeks now, really. Yeah. Um, I know that if you pre-order the album, which is due out on... Is it the 3rd of June, 2nd of June? Mm. 2nd of June, I think, the album's doing You get it? an email code. You get a pre-sale code. And that implies to me that if you've got to have that first before the tour, are the tickets going to go on sale maybe download weekend? Because surely the album's got to come out for you to get your code because you could cancel your pre-order, I guess, and get a code. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that could be download weekend that we might be trying to buy Foo Fighters tickets, obviously depending where and when it is. Yeah. And are, are they cursed? I don't know. Maybe we're just doomed to never see I them. I think we're doomed to never see them. Yeah. yeah, watch this space on that one then. <laughs> uh, my final piece of news is a Glastonbury update, and it's a good one because it looks like they've done some kind of collaboration with Earache Records, and there's a lot of bands attached to that label that are going to be playing there. Some of the bands I've kind of earmarked straight off are Empire State Bastard, who I will go and check out, and they're at download as well, I think. They are, yeah, hoping to see them there. Uh, Cassiette and Skindred. Mm, it's not bad. Addition? It's not. It's it's a shame they're not skindred on the main stage. I would like to see two hundred thousand people doing the Newport helicopter. I'd like to see the faces of the majority of those two hundred thousand people when the people who know the Newport helicopter start doing the Newport helicopter. Yeah. Based on when they were supporting Volby and there was a lot of confused people there wondering what was going on. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that will be the stage that I will be calling home, I think, at Glastonbury. Yeah, that'll be one that I'm sad to miss, but on the whole I'm still you're still happy with the lineup, happy with the lineup. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it then for the news review time now then and this week we are reviewing the 16th album from therapy hard cold fire yep first one in five years 
So it's been a little while coming. Mm, and I found this one quite nostalgic, I have to say. Yeah, there, it, it does do that a little bit in yeah. certain places, yeah. It is, is it 10 tracks? Yeah. 10 uh, tracks. Yes. Over 30 minutes, so quite a little one. Yeah, it's short for a for an album. It is after Metallica. Well, well yeah. There are walls that have finished quicker than that Metallica album. Though. <laughs> okay, shall we get on with it? Yeah. So track one then is They Shoot the Terrible Master. Yeah, my favourite track on the album. Oh, is it? I've got mm. four favourites, but this isn't one of them. I've I've also got four favourites, but this is this is the standout track for me. Just as an aside note, then interesting, we've both got four favourite tracks out of ten, so that's like yeah. almost fifty percent we love. Yeah, or you could say forty percent. You could. <laughs> You're the math one. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah, I I think this is a great opener. It's got perfect guitars and core and the chorus in this is excellent as well. It's everything about it is just what I want to hear. Yeah, I thought it was a great opener. I like that little interesting kind of reverb start, and then it just slaps you around the face with it opening chords, and mm. it's just classic therapy. Yeah, it's what it's what you want from a therapy album. Yeah, yeah, and that that's why it's my favourite. is is perfect. Track two is "Whoa," which is it feels like a slightly different sound. Yeah, I found this one quite distorted. Like the just the melodies and the guitars yeah. were quite discordant, and the vocals were dis. Daughtered, not in a bad way. It was just, I thought it carried on in the strong start from track one, but it had like a almost like a twisted sound to it. Yeah, but the extension in the chorus as well. Just, I feel like the chorus goes on too long. It's kind of like multiple yeah. repeats of the chorus, and I just didn't, just didn't seem to. But it, it was not my favourite on the album. Mm. It's good, but it's not my favourite by a long way. Mm. Track three then is Joy, and this is the first of my favourites, and this was also the lead single off the album. This is another one of my favourites. Do like this one. Picks back more of a classic sort of therapy sound as well. Yeah, I thought that really distinct Andy vocal at the start and kicks in really heavy, absolutely catchy chorus. Yeah, the chorus is and great in the, this. Yeah, the post-chorus riff reminded me of something. I've done my usual, it reminds me of question mark. <laughs> Can't think what, but I thought a lot of 90s vibes running through this one. Yeah, I've I've thought that it could be from the mid-90s. Yeah, really bouncy and feminine. A lot of sing-along bits. Yeah, and almost like a contrast of the vocal's quite melodic, but the riffs are quite angry. Mm. Track four, Bewildered Herd. This is another of my favourites. Oh, okay. I'm not... as This is one of my favourites. It's all right, but it's not up there for me. I thought it had more of a metal twang to it. I like the kind of alternative vocals, like the shout-back mm. vocals in it. Again, quite a hint of a classic therapy style you going see, through it. It reminded me of Metallica. Oh, I've got a lot of Metallica vibes from yeah. this. Yeah, why is it it's more lot, metal, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a lot faster mm. than the other stuff. Yeah. And it feels kind of more frantic and angrier. We can't like the snarling yeah. in it as well. Yeah, I thought that. And on quite a social commentary and then the spoken word section in the middle. Well, I thought it was an interesting twist. It's uh, a sample from Naked. I know. I looked it up. Oh. Mike Lee's Naked. Yeah. <laughs> did sound a bit like Bob Mortimer the first time I listened to it. <laughs> the voice did. It sounded like him. I thought, well, surely not. So hence one reason why I wanted to look it up. Like, <laughs> surely thought, it's not. You thought, <laughs> you thought therapy had brought Bob Mortimer on board. <laughs> That'd be some kind of bizarre collab. It would, but did you not think it sounded like no, it? No, not at all. Number five, then, is Two Wounded Animals. This one was slower, but it still was quite big, heavy sounding. 
Mm. This is another one of my favourites. This is the third favourite of mine. Mm. It's um, it could all it's, it's almost like harking back to the nineties grunge period in this for me. Yeah, I thought this was a bit grungy. There's a couple that I thought in particular kind of a grungy chug to it, and yeah, a lot of dirty guitars, yeah, and vocals, and it it could have been straight out of the grunge era. Yeah, but it's probably which is probably one of the reasons I like it so much. Yeah, track six is to disappear, which is. A faster sound again, I think. Yeah, it's back to a much faster sound, I thought, almost quite frantic, quite punky as well, this one. Yeah, it sounds different to the rest of the album. Yeah, again, it's got that kind of discordant, distorted kind of drum bass intro and quite random chords as well in it, it felt like. Almost detuned. Yeah, that's a word I could have used as well. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think that gives it that punky sound as well as the speed of it. Yeah, it, felt, it mm. did feel the kind of the guitars had been detuned, and there was more emphasis on the drums in this. Yeah, I thought the um, the vocals in the verse as well were quite creepy. They were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the chorus, in a, by contrast, is quite melodic. Mm. Again, the whole song is kind of it. It works well. It's not one of my favourites, but I like it. But it's all like jumbled up and mixed up, but yeah. in a good way. Yeah, I think I think we're both kind of in the same boat on yeah. that one. Number seven, Mongrel. This was another favourite of mine. Okay. Another chuggy one. I thought the vocals were really raspy in this one. Really sing-along chorus. Quite anthemic, indie hints as well. I'm surprised you. this is one of your favourites. Really? Yeah, because there's, uh, you know, the kind of spoken parts through it. Mm. Remind me of Megadeth and Dave Mustaine. Okay. It's kind of like the... Like public enemy number one sort of yeah. feel to it. Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised you like this. It's definitely a lot angrier to open. Mm. And it suddenly changes to kind of like a melodic feel. Yeah. But yeah, it, it did kind of remind me of Megadeth. Oh, I didn't get that, but then I don't listen to Megadeth that much really. No, I suppose you don't, do you? Track eight, Poundland of Hope and Glory, <laughs> which is a great title. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And is my fourth favourite. It's also one of my fourth favourite. <laughs> and this was, I think it was the second single, this one. Okay. It kind of flows well from the last one mm. into this. Yeah. And it's kind of got a similar vibe, mm. but with a, almost like a Britpop chorus feel to it. Yeah, I thought the chorus was really infectious. I just, yeah, straight in my head, this one. Yeah. was stuck. Again, it's got quite frantic chords to start with and the drums I thought was really, um, really epic. Mm-hmm. On this one, and I think this will be amazing live. Yeah, most I think likely. a lot of them will because they've got that same formula of the really catchy sing-along choruses. But yeah. this one in particular, I think, will go down really well live. Number nine is "Ugly." That's the title. I'm not describing it. <laughs> got quite a light chord intro. This one, quite melancholic. It reminded me a bit of placebo. Just those first few chords. Okay. Literally, like the first five seconds. Yeah. But then it kind of kicks in, and it's another quite distorted, grungy one. I thought. Yeah, it's got like a strange kind of growling vocal bass that's been overdubbed. Mm, yeah. But it has also got some of the best guitar hooks on the album on this that yeah. run through the chorus. Mm. There's certain bits of this that I do really like that just kind of work so well. Yeah, this is another one as well. The chord progression through it reminds me of something and I can't think what it was. Mm. But you, you yeah. yeah, there's something it reminds me of and it's not come to me yet. But yeah, this one, it was just is an all right one. And the final track, Days Collapse. A slower finish. Yeah, it's slightly lighter finish to the album. Mm. And again, vocally sound a little bit kind of Britpop meets Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I thought it got a really kind of 90s 
kind of alternative sound and it really shows off the vocals in this track more because they're not as distorted or growly. It's almost yeah. like pure, clean singing. And it does seem to end on quite like a bleak, sombre sort of feeling, I thought, as well. It does, but I think it works. It's a strong finish, even though it's a more softer, almost ballad-like yeah. track. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, mm. um, but it's it, it's just a, a strange one to finish on. Yeah, in some ways I think this might have fit better in the middle as kind of a midpoint lull rather than a finisher. Okay. So what do you think overall and out of ten? Overall, I think it is a classic therapy album. They've pretty much been doing the same thing for the last 30-odd years, but it's a formula that works well. And it hasn't dated. Yeah. It's still as good as they were back then. You've got the combination of catchy bass hooks and the themic choruses and then just... The classic therapy sound. Classic therapy sound that's just gone on for years, but is still good. And lots of hints of trouble gum in this one for me. Mm. Didn't want to say it too much to start with, but no, yeah. the hints are definitely there. I don't think it quite lives up to that, and that is a classic album for me from that era. Yeah, I'm very much the same thought. It's, I've actually wrote that it's, it's not better than Troublegum, mm. because that is kind of like a defining album, but it's a fantastic second place. Yeah, and it's actually done by the same producer that produced Troublegum, if you didn't uh, know okay, that. Okay, no, I didn't know mm. that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the best albums that they've done. Definitely. I gave it eight and a half. I give it eight, so we're not far away on that. No, yeah, I don't think there's a bad track on it. Some that aren't quite as strong, but I would say it was unskippable potentially. But there's room for a couple of improvements. Maybe just to be a bit longer. Maybe another couple of tracks might have been nice. <laughs> but how many times have we said on certain albums yeah, that there's too many? Yeah. Why is there this That's many true. tracks? Quality over quantity. Yeah. Main feature now, and in tying in with this week's big musical event, or last week's musical event, it's time for the Ready to Mosh Eurovision Song Contest. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> As you may or may not guess, one of us is quite a Eurovision fan, one not so much so. No, so I'm drinking heavily to try and medicate myself through it. So what we're going to do, if you listen to our Christmas episode where I played some alternative Christmas songs, it's going to be a similar style to that. So I found eight rock slash metal style Eurovision songs from over the years. This is not a definitive list of all of them. There may be more out there. I've just chosen eight. I am going to play them all to Kev and he is going to give them a score of one, two, three, four, six, eight, ten or twelve. And at the end, we'll see who the winner of this year's Eurovision Song Contest is. We're actually recording this before this year's final, which is on Saturday. So we don't know what will happen with this year's entrant that's going to feature. But futurals may pop up to mention it, depending. (laughs) And you could also play along as well and give the songs a mention, a score, and see what you come out with at the end. So first song then that we're going to listen to is from 2005. This was Norway's entry that year, Wigwam, and the song was In My Dreams. So we've just listened to that one. Kev's going to do his scores at the end when you've listened to all of them, aren't you? Yeah. But just for reference, that one came ninth overall with 125 points. Jesus Christ, who voted for that? People. (laughs) (laughs) The quality must have been really bad that year. So what were your general thoughts on Wigwam? Glam metal shit. To be honest, if someone had asked me what I expected you to say for that one, then those three words would probably have featured. It's like Def Leppard on Helium. Yeah. 
It's fucking terrible. And I don't like Def Leppard, but that's a preferable option to this. It's awful. There's screeching is just un oh, it just goes through me. Horrid. Don't know what drugs they're doing in Norway, but it must be good. Is that your full verdict on that one? Yeah, I, okay. I think so, yeah. We'll move swiftly on then. So staying in the Scandinavian region, the next one is a song that you and quite a lot of other people I imagine will be familiar with as it's one of the more famous metal Eurovision exports. And this is Lordy's Hard Rock Hallelujah, which was the Finnish entry in 2006. So Lordy did actually win the Eurovision Song Contest that year with 292 points. They were the first rock slash metal act to ever win Eurovision, also the first Finnish act to ever win at Eurovision. But what did Kev think of it? It's it's better than the first, but I don't, the trouble I've got with this, it's kind of like a parody of everything that's metal. Mm. And that's why I don't like it. If yeah. I, if I know what you sense. mean. Yeah, it's almost like a... Gateway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you want a real gateway, listen to I know, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's almost like a toned-down version, almost pretending yeah. to be. It's pretending to be something it's not. Mm. And I don't know what's more offensive, the first one for the shrieking noise <laughs> it created, or this one because of what it is. I've always had a soft spot for Lordy anyway since that Eurovision. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> to me, it's kind of just a cheesy classic. Yeah, I know what you mean. and In a way, this kind of, I suppose, almost put metal brought metal forward again yeah which is you know to where it is now and it's weird that it takes something like a bizarre competition to, <laughs> to do it so i, I just i don't mm. get it yeah so i'm yeah it, it's better than the first but i'm not you're not I'm a lordy not, fan i'm not a lordy fan no. Well, we're sticking with Finland for the next track that you're going to listen to. So this is from 2008. This is Teraz Bitoni, and the track was called Missa Mihet Ratsastar. Apologies for the probable mispronunciation on that one. So that one didn't fare as well as Lordy did. It only came 22nd with 35 points back in 2008. But what did you think about it? It sounds like a bad... Radio station on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Musically. Vocally, it's weird. It sounds like Avatar. Yeah. Actually, that's a good comparison. I can hear that. Yeah. Well, the high-pitched vocals and then the other bits that aren't just... It did sound a lot like Avatar, but a bad version of Avatar. I thought musically as well, because I'd not listened to it for... Well, probably since 2008, to be honest, this one. <laughs> it reminded me almost a little bit of, like, Iron Maiden versus the Monomath. Yeah. Kind of gallopy. Yeah. I, I get what you mean with that, yeah. Mm. I can see why it didn't do so well, yeah. if you know what I mean. It just not got that commercial fun appeal to it that Lordy, Lordy had. Yeah. 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 Bad radio station meets Avatar. Okay, there's a description. I might quote some of these. <laughs> Right, next one then, track four, we're coming up to 2018 now, so we've had a 10-year gap. This one is Hungary's entry for that year. It is AWS, and apologies in advance for the bad pronunciation that I'll probably do on this one, Vishlet Nayar. So what did you think of AWS and Vishlet Nayar? Um, Non-descript generic tat, for a start. <laughs> It's weird. It's kind of like, it's as if somebody's bought a My First Heavy Metal book 
and they've been given a list of ingredients yeah. <laughs> and they've been asked to make a mix mm. and they've mixed it all together and they've produced that and they've clearly misread the instructions. Mm, yeah, I can kind of see what you mean <laughs> on that one. I think it's a bit more obviously up to date than the other ones, but if you know what I mean, obviously it's 10 years later, 2018, so it's kind of... It is, for me, it was picking date. Yeah, but it was kind of picking back more recent bits of metal into yeah. it as well. It sounded like him meets Linkin Park, and then towards the end, a sprinkling of P.O.D. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like there's a list of ingredients that should make a reasonable sound, and they came up with that instead. Okay, well, that one came 21st with 93 points at the time. So, again, a similar thought on that one from the rest of the Eurovision-watching world. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, we're halfway through... So the next track is from 2019, and this was Iceland's entry from Hatari, and another bad pronunciation incoming on this one, Hatrio Munsigra. Can I just say before we move on? Yeah. Everything's been Scandinavian? Well, there's a point. You know, there's not been anything outside of that region yet. Oh, there's a couple coming up, which we'll get on to. Okay. Well, but yes, yeah, so that is a point. Yeah. You could, Hungary was the last one. Then, oh, Hungary, yeah, they're outside of Scandinavia. Yeah, I think it's pr- kind of 50-50 what they are. Okay, fair enough. But I see where you're coming from. Obviously, there's, it's a big home of metal, isn't it, Scandinavia? Yeah. It, it's just curious that that's... Mm. But like the, the bands that come out of Scandinavia are generally heavier. But then this is... But they're producing the more Eurovision entries than anywhere else. Yeah, good point. Anyway, let's listen to Hatari. What did you think of Hatari then? Uh, That one's actually all right. Don't mind that. That's interesting. Yeah, kind of sounds like Ministry. Yeah, like a softened version. Yeah, in places, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you remember watching Eurovision 2019 when they came on. They had, there's quite a big group of them, I think, and they had that bondage outfits on. Yeah. You remember that? And they were due to play at Download in 2020. Okay. I can't remember if they got rolled over onto the iteration of 2021, but obviously weren't there last year. No, Um, it was just British bands in 21. I know that. No, I meant because when 2020 got postponed, I meant the full version. It was supposed to be in 2021, not the pilot, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind that one. That's actually okay. Okay. Might have a clear winner so far. Then, <laughs> yeah. Potentially. It did come 10 overall that year. Yeah. Had 232 points. Just to say, I keep mentioning how many points, but the point system always changes over the years, and I know the public vote is more of an impact now, so probably completely irrelevant, but I feel like I should keep mentioning points because I started till finish. <laughs> yes, Magnus. Right, we'll move on to the next one then. Now, the next two are actually from the same year, both from 2021. Okay. One of these you'll be familiar with, one of these you should be familiar with, but whether you'll remember the actual songs, I we don't like know. I feel like one of them and down straight yeah. away. So, first one is obviously Monoskin from mm. Italy. Whether you'll remember this particular track, I don't know, but the track that they had that year was Zitti Ebuoni. Another bad pronunciation. So Monoskin won Eurovision 2021 with that track. Obviously, they were already a band prior to that, but that track just set them off to explode in the music world, I guess. Well, well they've become quite big now, aren't they? They're playing arenas. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, what did you think of that particular track? Because we no. know you weren't keen on the album. No, Italian rolled blood is the best way I can describe it. 
We should have just done this in three words, uh, yeah. shouldn't we? What three words would you use to describe that song? Italian royal blood. Yeah. Not offensive, but not something I'd choose to listen to. I really like that one. It's really catchy. Yeah, I thought you would. I was bopping away. It's a rock yeah. fit song as well, so I was jigging the moves out. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't do it for me, but it's not the worst thing I've heard so far. I'll so. take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You just started, and then, as I've already said, they won Eurovision that year, 524 points. I would say it's a big win, but I don't know who came second or what their points were. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly irrelevant. Sticking with 2021 then, we've got another track from that year, and we're back to Scandinavia. Of course. And this is Blind Channel's Dark Side. So 2021 was clearly a strong year for alternative songs in Eurovision, because this one got to number two. Six, or it came six, I guess, with 301 points. What did you think of it? Uh, pretty painful. Really? Yeah. I won't be watching them at download. Oh, okay. It's. I was just going to say they are at download this year. They are every new metal band mixed with Good Charlotte. Surely that's a good thing, no? Yeah, but it's like they've gone for every single band you can possibly think of. There's Linkin Park, Lent Biscuit, they've gone, they've even managed to get in POD again. <laughs> um, yeah, good Charlotte in places. It's just, it's like going somewhere on holiday and just looking at knockoff gear. That's how I feel about really? it. Yeah. Okay. You know, like if you're in, a, you're in a market abroad, mm. yeah. and you'll see like fake Barcelona shirts. I know what you mean, yeah. That's what this feels like. Okay. Uh, I will say don't judge a blind channel by the one song. Okay. Don't rule them out at download on that one. So listen to some more. Okay. Yeah. I mean, based on that one, it's no. it's a big fan now, yeah. Okay. That one's another rock fit bop, so I'm more familiar with it. Yeah, don't give up on them. I thought that was a strong year anyway for, um, <laughs> okay. for Eurovision. And you'll be pleased to know there's only one more track to go. Yes. Final track then, and this is actually from this year's contest. So at this point in time, we don't know where it will have finished in the rankings. Or how many points they've got. Or how many points indeed. But I thought we'd include this one to be up to date and topical. Okay. <laughs> so this is Germany's entry for this year, Lord of the Lost and Blood and Glitter. Cool. And I feel like I should already predict what you're going to think of this one. <laughs> but let's listen and find out. So it was at this point in proceedings that I realised we probably should have been filming this episode just to see facial reactions from Kev as well as getting his verbal verdict. (laughs) But it's a bit late now for that one. So what's your verbal verdict on Lord of the Lost? There's so many things happening in that song. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I was watching your face as I was listening and it was interesting. It's like Part of it sounds like it should be in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Hmm. Then really bad, fast, almost rapping like vocal parts in it. But then kind of like somebody trying to do partway drive halfway through. Don't get what's going on in this. It's fucking bizarre. Well, you won't be surprised to know that I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's another kind of version of Metal Abba. You know, I'm partial to Metal Abba. Mm. I can definitely see why it's a Eurovision song. How well it'll do, who knows? I haven't actually listened to any of this year's other entries. I've heard the UK one once, I think. So I don't know if there are any other kind of alternative sounding ones this year yet. But that one's going to be getting my vote on Saturday. Okay. And speaking of voting, we'll have an extended pause while we tot up your scores and see what the scores on the doors are. 
So the scores are in and we're going over to the seat at the side of me to find out what Kev has given to each track. Who has got one point? Wigwam. That first piece of shit you played me. Absolutely awful. Okay, and two points goes to? Terrace Patoni. Bad Radio Station meets Avatar. Three points go to? Lord of the Lost. This year's entry? Yeah, mixed nonsense. <laughs> mixed nonsense. That's what it is. <laughs> if, it was a, if it was a food in a chip shop, you'd have, can I have uh, fish chips and a uh, mixed nonsense, please? <laughs> I thought you were going to say fish chips, blood and glitter. That would be a weird combo. Well, you never know. It might be the best of all the other tracks this year, so they may still get your oh, vote on Jesus. the night. Yeah. <laughs> Four points goes to? Blind Channel. Really don't like that. Are you going down in my estimation? <laughs> I didn't think I could get any lower. <laughs> True. Six points goes to? AWS for their nondescript new metal. Fair do. I would say average myself, so I'd agree on that one. Eight points. Lordy. Interesting. Mm. Probably thought was a favourite. Well, yeah, I mean, it's come third, technically. Ten points goes to? Italian Royal Blood Moneskin. Very interesting. I didn't expect that. It's not through quality, it's through lack of other quality. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which means that 12 points goes to? Hatari. Just because that's the only track that was actually any good. If I, can you just give all the points to Hatari? Because I feel like that's fair. Yeah, well, you can for me, I guess. So there we go. This week's... This week's... <laughs> this year's Ready to Mosh Eurovision Song Contest. Probably the only one, because there ain't going to be enough songs coming out to make a different one next year. But yeah, the winner is Hatari with Hatrid Munsigra. Badly pronounced again. Yeah, it's always fun to make you say that, so... The only reason you gave them 12 points. No, it's not, no. You could have given it to Wigwam. That's much easier to say in my dreams. Yeah. There we go. Hope you've enjoyed listening to those Eurovision classics. Go and give them a listen if you weren't playing along. You may find a new favourite. You probably won't. You never know. Some <laughs> just, of just go straight to Hatari. Forget everybody else. Yeah. And we'll leave it there. Right, recommendation time. And this week we have Godeth as our recommendation. They're a five-piece metal band from Leeds and they've got a new single coming out on the 26th of May which is going to be available to pre-save and it's going to be out on all major streaming platforms. What's it called? It is called Skult. And it's very good. We've been fortunate to listen to it already. Yeah, really like it. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. And the last EP was called Life to the Flame, and that's also worth a listen. Absolutely. They've got some live dates coming up. First of all, an important one, they are in the Metal to the Masses final for Leeds on the 27th of May. So if you are in Leeds on that date, highly recommend you go along and give them support there and help them get along to Bloodstock. And then a few other dates I've spotted that they're going to be at after then are the 3rd of June at the Santiago in Leeds. The 30th of June, they're going to be at the Tap and Tumbler in Nottingham. That one's free, as always, so highly recommend that one. And then finally, at Grove Fest on the 9th of September, that is at the Atmar, if I've pronounced that right, 
in Manchester, which has been headlined by Red Method. I think there are about 11 bands on that day. So sounds like a good day out if mm. you can get there. So, yeah, our recommendation is Go Death. Go give them a listen. That's the end of the episode then. So thank you as always for listening. If you've enjoyed listening to us, please do give us a five star rating and a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're not already following us on our various social media platforms, please do so. We're at Ready to Mosh Cast on Instagram and Twitter and Ready to Mosh on Facebook, YouTube and TikTok. So give us a like, share and a follow on there as well, please. We'd very much appreciate it. And we'll be back next time with another episode. Make it stop, move.